blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds bar trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co host, John Spees. And today we are continuing the 2022 patron tournament, which we'll be doing for the majority of 2022. <laughs> it's got a big tournament, and we are super excited about it. All right, and one of our contestants is making his first appearance on our show. Hide your kids, hide your wife, because this guy is eating weird things in life. It's Micah with the pica Easter. And I apologize, I really had trouble figuring a good one for you. <laughs> I didn't want to go the bunny route, man. I- <laughs> no, that's hey, that's I appreciate that, because everybody goes the bunny route, exactly. so uh, you, you took a shot. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I swing for the fences, no matter what. <laughs> that is true. Micah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm from the greater Chicago land area. I'm a husband of 14 years. Got a couple of kids uh, that are six and 11 now. Um, I play basketball and beach volleyball in my spare time. I'm, not, I'm six foot nine, so it's kind Ooh. of a requirement. And um, I'm not a trivia master, but I've, I've just had to join the show. And, and I really do love what you guys do. So I'm hoping to have a good time. Man, we hope you have a good time, too. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon. And also, thank you just for listening, man. We really, really appreciate you. Absolutely. Now, you're not the trivia master, but this other guy might be because he has the highest score total, at least on our current format of the show. And you can hear him mastering sports trivia on the Benchwarmers podcast. It's Eric the Dirty Deed Eed. Wow. I don't remember what you gave me last time, but I think that might be better. Yeah, I think it maybe might be better. It's better than with the pica. <laughs> Yeah, no, yes, that's right. That's right. Check that fact check. That's right. Um, no, hi. Thanks for having me on. I guess you didn't have a choice because I guess you let all the patrons on. We do. So, you know, all right. So, well, thanks for having me on. I guess yeah, I don't know. Thanks for being a patron. Um, my name is Eric Eid from Buffalo, New York. We're about to get a giant snowstorm tonight into tomorrow. So um, fun. Uh, I am part one, ninth, tenth. 12th. I don't know how many of us are on Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Um, I've been on here once. It was a lot of fun. And this is more so my wheelhouse in trivia than sports. So I'm excited. Very cool. All right, everybody. Let's learn some rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. Now that everyone out there is refreshed on our rulebook, I want to get to know Micah and Eric just a little bit better. And 
you know, comics are also nostalgic, so nostalgic for us as are films. And I don't know if you guys are Marvel nerds or not. I don't really care, but I do want to know what is your favorite MCU film? Oh, hmm. you know what? Uh, it's such a toss up. <laughs> I, I'm not a Marvel. I'm not a Marvel guy. Um, but of the ones that I have seen. I'm not picking it because of the character or because of uh, because of the story or anything like that. I love Ant-Man just because Paul Rudd is a dreamy guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is he is a wonderful guy, and I yep. wish I could be best friends with him. Uh, and uh, it's just it's just great seeing him in any movie. So his his were the most entertaining for me. Okay. All right. So mine are down between er, basically between Doctor Strange, um, which I loved. However, I give the edge to. Thor Ragnarok. It's just from beginning to end. Perfect. It's hilarious. Um, Jeff Goldblum in that movie is probably the greatest thing I've ever seen. Taika Waititi did that movie, and I'm so excited he's doing the next one. So, OK, uh, John, what's your favorite, Mike, your favorite uh, MCU film? Oh, gosh. I mean, are we talking non-Avengers films? I'm talking all the MCU, whatever you want. I mean, it's cliche, but I I don't rewatch any movie from the MCU in from the MCU more than Endgame, oh, wow. just because it's a it's a feel it's probably the most comic booky movie of the MCU for me. I can I can just put it on and let it run. It's like a great in the background movie because I've seen it so many times. So yeah, I'm just gonna go with Endgame, even though it's kind of a cliche answer. Endgame is a fantastic film. I actually prefer Infinity War. I think that is the better made movie. Um, but between Ragnarok and Ant-Man, both really good, really funny films. I would say better action in Ragnarok. And yeah, and it's got Jeff Goldblum. You know, Goldblum is awesome. But he's not as awesome as Luis Luis is Michael Pena in Ant-Man, who was freaking fantastic. I got to go Ant-Man on this one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of surprising, Adam. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Michael Michael Pena is so good in that movie. <laughs> so, he is. He is. Uh, he is. Um, yeah. Overall, I definitely enjoy that film. I enjoy most all of them. Uh, but, Micah, you get to go first. What uh, category would you like to pick? All right. Let's, uh, let's try music. Okay. And we are starting off in the 80s. Okay. And we are having a throwback lounge question to start off this episode. So, I need you to name the artist of this 1984 number one hit. <clears throat> I wasn't really ready to start off <laughs> in the lounge, but okay. Dream if you can a courtyard, an ocean of violets in bloom. Animals strike, curious poses, they feel the heat, the heat between me and you. Hey! Huh, um... Yeah, you know what? I I thought I would have like one part of that that I could place somewhere. I don't even think I have one, so I'm gonna say no guess on that one. Okay, not giving Eric any hints. Uh, what? Do I make you do that again? Yes, you can. Do I though? <laughs> let's let's do it one more time. I think I got it, but let's let's hear okay. it one more time. Dream if you can a courtyard, an ocean of violets in bloom. Animals strike, curious poses, they feel the heat, the heat between me and you. Hey! Uh, yeah, that is Prince, When Doves Cry. It is When Doves Cry. 
dream if you can a court. It's so good. It is Prince. All right. Getting the steal to start things off. And now you get to pick your own category. Uh, toys and games, please. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. This 1973 game brought upon a 10-year trademark lawsuit against Parker Brothers, which ended in a settlement. Players take the role of a federal caseworker bringing indictments against each certain business in an attempt to return the state of the board to a free market system. I can, I'm going to read that again. I see your face, and also I just read it poorly. This 1973 game brought upon a 10-year trademark lawsuit by Parker Brothers, which ended in a settlement. Players take the role of federal caseworkers bringing indictments against, against certain businesses in an attempt to return the state of the board to a free market system. A lot of confusing words in there. Or not words, but just my, <laughs> my ordering of the words, I would say. I have no idea. I'm just going to say the, uh, the game of life. The game of life is incorrect. Micah, you get a chance to steal back. I don't think I have much of a shot on this one either. Um, <clears throat> I know that we have an old board game. The only board game I can think of that's even related to jobs was called, I think, Careers, but I don't know if that's even it. Careers is incorrect. So this is a this is a tough one. So so what happens when, uh, you know, in a free in a non-free market system where businesses own everything. What is that called? Monopoly. Oh, monopoly. That's a monopoly. And that's where this trademark lawsuit w- was coming in because this one is called anti-monopoly. The game <laughs> is actually still around and you can still get it. So yeah, the creator believed that the impression that monopolies were something as desirable uh, was, a, was a problem. And so he created anti-monopoly to <laughs> this game to combat against that. So... Uh, all right, uh, Micah, we are back at you. Uh, let's try TV. Okay. And we're staying in the 70s. All right. This is a question by Jackie LaFave. Thank you, Jackie. In 1977, the Wonder Twins made their first appearance in the all-new Super Friends Hour. This duo consisted of a brother and sister named Xan and Jaina, whose powers activated with the touch of their hands, often saying, Wonder Twin powers activate. What was the name of their often forgot pet monkey? <laughs> uh, Jojo. Jojo the monkey is a good sounding monkey name, but it is incorrect. Eric, can you steal? Uh, I feel like they redid this. Um, is it the name Gleek comes to mind, but I don't know why. So I'm going to say Gleek. Gleek is the blue alien monkey that hung out with the Wonder Twins. That is correct. Wow. Pulling that one out. Love it. And Eric, what category would you like? All right. Let's do slang. And your decade is the 60s. 60s. When Jimi Hendrix declared in the song, If Six Was Nine, that he was going to wave his what, he created a whole new way of announcing that you're the weirdest one in the room. Uh, flag. Wave your flag. No. I need you to be more specific. Uh, no other way of being more specific. Wave your uh, weird flag. I don't know. Weird flag. I don't know. Is incorrect. <laughs> Micah, can you steal? Uh, could you repeat it, please? Yes. When Jimi Hendrix declared in the song, If Six Was Nine, that he was going to wave his what, he created a whole new way of announcing that you were the weirdest one in the room. <laughs> 
typically if somebody has bad characteristics, it would be a red flag. So I'll say red flag. Red flag is incorrect. Uh, John, do you wave this uh, type of flag? Uh, I, I do. I believe you got to let your freak flag fly. Yes, you have to let the freak flag fly. So that is that was that was the word I was looking for. All right, uh, we are back at Micah. All right, let's uh, let's get lucky here with sports. Okay. And your ticket is the '80s. In 1984, a miracle in Miami occurred when this Boston College quarterback threw a hail mary that landed in the hands of receiver. Gerard Phelan. Boston beat Miami 47-45, to and the quarterback would go on to win the Heisman. Let me take a second here. Yeah, I, I don't know much about college sports. I was hoping not to get a college sports question. Um, uh, Steve Young. Steve Young is incorrect. Don't know much about college sports, <laughs> but I think Eric E. Does that didn't rhyme, but I don't care. All right, Eric, do you know this quarterback? Yeah, it's uh, Doug Flutie. <laughs> it is Doug Flutie. You could have done it in song if you wanted to. Oh, sorry. A little bit more I entertaining. Don't want to sing. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to hear that. I want you to keep listeners. <laughs> okay. All right. Doug Flutie is correct. All right, uh, Eric, you get to pick your next category, and we still have uh, movies, news and politics, fashion, literature, and food. Let's do movies, please. Okay. And your decade is the 50s. Okay. We got a question from Chris Hasse. Thank you, Chris. Not a critical or box office success upon its 1955 release. What movie starring Robert Mitchum as a murderous preacher later became a cinema classic? Many people love it or hate it. I am going to lose it. (sighs) Um, I have no idea. I didn't know there was movies in the 50s, so let's pass on this. <laughs> okay. There were a couple. Maybe Mike has heard of this one. No, I have not. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, my goal on this show is just to, if I if Eric breaks his own record, then I'm a part of history. If Eric doesn't break his own record, then I've stopped him. So it's a win-win for me, especially if I lose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Robert Mitchum, 1955. Uh, yeah, I don't even have a guess for this one. This is tough. Uh, I actually hadn't heard of this uh, film myself, but uh, the clue, uh, love it or hate it, is a a hint at the character that Mitchum played who had love and hate tattooed on his knuckles. Uh, The movie is called The Night of the Hunter. The Night of the Hunter. All right. All right. No points awarded. And Micah, we are back at you. Uh, News and politics, please. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. On June 17th, 1994, a white Ford Bronco made worldwide headlines as it led police on a low-speed chase in Los Angeles. This friend and former teammate of O.J. Simpson was the owner and driver of said Ford Bronco. Hint, it wasn't Cato Kalin. <laughs> Finally, I get one. That's Al Cowlings. It is Al A.C. Cowlings. Yes, it is. Good job. I think a lot of people didn't realize that Cato Kalen had nothing to do with the actual white Ford Bronco. Um, but he just, he totally used, you know, those pop culture, you know, his tiny bit of 15 minutes of fame to kind of become somewhat famous adjacent to him. So, yep. Al Callings it is. All right. Uh, Eric, we're back at you. Uh, so I have food, 
fashion or literature. So let's mm-hmm. go f- food. And we're going way back to the 50s. Consisting of a peanut butter cookie dough topped with a Hershey's Kiss. This cookie originated as an entry into the 1957 Pillsbury Bake Off contest. The cookie was originally named Black Eyed Susan's, but was renamed uh, by Pillsbury to what? Are those peanut butter blossoms? Peanut butter blossoms. Yes, blossom exactly was the word I was looking for. It is peanut butter blossoms. Well done. All right, uh, Micah, would you like fashion or would you like literature? Um, I will go with fashion. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. The 60s. Most recognized for his trademark psychedelic geometric prints in a kaleidoscope of colors, this Italian designer contributed to other 60s trends like the Palazzo pantsuit and headscarf. Uh, could you repeat that one more time, please? Yes. Most recognized for his trademark st- psychedelic geometric prints in a kaleidoscope of colors, this Italian designer contributed to other 60s trends like the Palazzo pantsuit and headscarf. Uh, Versace. Versace is incorrect. Eric, can you steal? I know nothing about fashion. Um, Italian, let's go... I have no idea. I can't even name an Italian designer. Uh, no idea. Pass. I can't even think of something funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It would probably just come out stereotypical and mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Spaghetti. No, there you go. Uh, no, this is uh, Emilio Pucci. Pucci is uh, the guy. Eric, we are back at you to finish things off with literature. Ugh, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Um, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> All right. And we're staying in the 60s. Okay. This agent of Shield made his Marvel debut in May 1965 in Strange Tales number 135. Um. Oh my God! Why can't I even think of this? Uh, crap. I I, I got to pass. I can't even think. I'm blanking on his name. Ah, uh, crap. Ah, uh, crap is not correct. Mikey, can you steal? Um. Probably not. Uh, the only agent I know that I've seen recently in a meme was Agent Coulson, but I don't know if that's going to fit. Agent Coulson is incorrect. John, you know this one, right? Uh, repeat the question again. This agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. made his Marvel debut in May 1965 in Strange Tales number 135. Uh, not Nick Fury, is it? It is. Maybe I should have okay. said director of S.H.I.E.L.D. My bad. It was Nick Fury. Was that was who I was looking for? All right, that is the end of round one. John, could you please give us our score update? All right, Eric has a little bit of a lead, but anything can happen in round two. Eric has forty, and Micah has ten. Yep, I absolutely do believe anything can happen because we've had someone who didn't get a single question right still win the game, uh, and so <laughs> that is absolutely possible anything is possible if you set your minds to it all right so micah since you went first in round one that means eric you get a pick for micah to start off round two uh he can have literature okay (laughs) and your decade is the 50s wow they're staying old okay name this 1958 novel by leon uris that chronicles the founding of the state of Israel and instantly became a huge international phenomenon. 
It was on the New York Times bestseller list for over a year with a cool 19 weeks in the top spot. Uh, um, a cool 19 weeks on thin ice. On thin ice is incorrect. Eric, can you steal? Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry Potter <laughs> oh and the God. Prisoner of Azkaban from 1958 by Leon Uris is totally incorrect. Uh, yeah, cool was actually not a hint. I don't know why I worded it that way. It does okay. sound like it should have been a hint. Um, really, the only hint was being uh, the state, the chronicling the state of Israel, where there's a mass migration, um, and it was Exodus was the name of the book. Okay. Exodus. Okay. All right, Micah, you get to pick a category for Eric. Oh, just one question real quick. What food uh, decade do we already cover? 50s. 50s. All right. Thank you. Um, let's go ahead and give Eric fashion. Okay. And we're staying in the 50s. Okay. This delicious sounding hat has been popular since the mid 19th century and in the 50s could be seen on TV when worn by the character Ed Norton in The Honeymooners. Delicious sounding? Oh boy. Um, only hat I can think of is a Stetson hat. <laughs> a Stetson hat doesn't sound delicious, but that's why. Yeah, it's not, not a correct answer. No, moving on. All right, Micah, can you steal? Delicious sounding hat, Ed Norton and the Honeymooners. I can picture the hat. Um, oh boy, uh, a cake hat. I have no idea. A cake hat? I mean, it definitely sounds more delicious than a Stetson hat, uh, but it is incorrect. John, do you know the hat that I am referring to? I do not. Ah, I am talking about the pork pie hat. The pork pie hat is what I am referring to. Okay. That's delicious? Yes! (laughs) Those two words, pork and pie, separately are great. (laughs) Together, eh, here's an asparagus smoothie. No, that's not fun for anybody. (laughs) All right. Eric, you got to pick for Micah now. Uh, news and politics, please. Okay. Oh, and your decade is the 80s. Okay. Perestroika was a political movement for reformation within the Communist Party of the Soviet Union during the 1980s and was instituted by what Soviet leader? Can you repeat that one more time, please? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Perestroika was a political movement for reformation within the Communist Party of the Soviet Union during the 1980s and was instituted by what Soviet leader? Okay, got a couple here. Um, uh, I'm going to try Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev is correct. Okay. Good job. All right. All right, getting some more points. And what category do you want to throw Eric's way? Um, let's do. Hmm, he got so many right last time. <laughs> um, let's do food. Okay. And we are staying in the eighties. Okay. Wow. We haven't had a single two thousands question so mm. far yet. The dice just not not loving the two thousands. Okay. We've got a question from Jackie Lafave. Eighties uh, food, right, John? Mm-hmm. Okay. What Canadian brand of chewing gum was bought by Nestle in the late 1980s? It's well known for its purple color and distinctive flavor, which comes from rose water, not soap. 
comparisons of its flavor to soap are so prevalent that recent packaging states it still tastes like soap. Uh, violet? Violet gum is incorrect. Micah, can you steal? Canadian gum brand. Tastes like soap. Um, hmm. No, I can't. No, you can't. This is this is a tough one. Um, if you're unless you're Canadian, uh, which I, I, oh. I am. Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of surprised. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just not as popular as uh, Jackie Lee Faith thought. But who knows? This is a this is an interesting one. The gum is called Thrills. Thrills gum. Okay, no points awarded. We got some tough questions today. All right, uh, Micah, you're picking for Easter. Mike, Micah, Micah, you're picking for Easter. Eric, you're picking for Micah. I think. <laughs> All right, uh, slang, please. Slang. And we have our first two thousands question. Hey, it happened. Or John just picked two thousands. Uh, whichever way is how it goes. Okay, in the year two thousand in Ireland. Shopping bags caught in trees flapping in the wind were known as this two-word phrase. Sanderson sister slacks must have been taken. Sanderson sister slacks? Must have been taken. Wow, I can't even get there with the clue. Um, yeah, no guess. No guess, and that means no hint for Eric. Eric, can you steal it? Oh, boy. Um... Sander, Hocus Pocus, I don't know. Hocus Pocus is incorrect. So the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus are witches. Now, if this was in America, they would probably be called witches britches. But in Ireland, they're called witches knickers. Witches knickers are is the term for shopping bags, cotton trees when in Ireland. All right. Maybe you guys are learning something. A lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Micah, you are picking for Eric. Um, let's give him uh, movies. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. What 1972 musical was set in Berlin before the rise of Adolf Hitler? The film was an adaptation of a Broadway play by the same name, and in 1973, it earned eight of ten Academy Awards for, for, for which it was nominated including Bob Fosse winning Best Director and Liza Minnelli for Best Actress. Mm. I have no idea. I'm going to pass. No idea. All right, Micah, do you know this one? Liza Minnelli, Best Actress in a musical from the 70s. The only musical from the 70s I could think of was, I don't even know if that's a musical, boy. Um <clears throat> Liza Minnelli. I, I hate to make this a boring podcast. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. John, do you know this film by chance? I am not uh, very well versed in older musicals, especially ones that Liza Minnelli is in. I'm just going to guess Cabaret. Cabaret is what I was looking for. That okay. is the correct answer. Okay. All right, Eric, you are picking back for Micah. We have uh, music, TV, toys and games, and sports left. TV. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. Gargoyles ran from 1994 to 1997, and in my humble opinion, 
it's one of, if not the best cartoon of the decade. The group of time-displaced nocturnal gargoyles were led by this rather large character voiced by Keith David. I did not watch Gargoyles. That's, That's a shame. The, that a is. Shame. It's one of the Saturday morning cartoons I did not watch. Um, Boy. Yeah, so if I don't know, the, I have no idea about this show, so no guess. All right, no guess. Uh, Eric, do you know uh, this answer? I loved Gargoyles. Loved it, loved it. It's uh, Goliath. Yes, rather large. It is Goliath. It's so good. It's so good. And I think it still holds up. All right. Gets the steal. And Micah, you get to pick the next category for Eric. Uh, well, I can't give him that. I can't give him that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's give him uh, music. Okay. And we're staying in the 90s. Oh, great. Okay. We got a question from Brian Cohen. Thank you, Brian. Hey, man, this band shot up to number 19 on the mainstream rock chart in 1995 with a song that was based on the public suicide of Pennsylvania State Treasurer R. Bud Dwyer. Oh, uh, that's Filter. It is Filter with Hey, Man, Nice Shot. Uh, yep, that is correct. Okay, and what uh, between the two categories, which one would you like to give to Micah? He can have sports. He can have sports. Okay. Well, you'll have it in just a second when I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your decade is the 50s. Oh, great. Okay. The Philadelphia Athletics were founded in 1901. Then in 1955, they moved to what barbecue loving city where they stayed until 68 when they moved to Oakland where they have stayed since? Uh, Kansas City. Kansas City is correct. Good job. All right. And we are going to finish off in Toys and Games for Eric. And your decade is the 90s. Back to the 90s. Okay. This board game was originally released in 1990. It's a fantasy dress-up game where it ends when a player has a complete set of jewelry in their chosen color plus the crown. I am so upset that I know this. <laughs> I think I know this. I think I do. Uh, I used to play a game. If it's not this game, it's something very similar that I used to play with my neighbor. So it, it, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's uh, she was a girl. I was whatever. Um, I, is it pretty, pretty princess? Pretty, pretty princess is correct. And what hey, a pull. <laughs> that has come back to help me 30 years later. Awesome. Uh, did you have any pictures of you playing? Uh, oh, there was no camp. Like, if there were cell phones, I would be just a mess right now because there'd be so much stuff I'd have to hide. <laughs> All right. All right. That is the end of round two. John, could you tally things up and let us know where we stand? All right. Unfortunately, with that last correct answer, Eric effectively locked Micah out of the win. But you never know. Eric could want to try to go for that big score again. We've Good. seen weirder things happen. Uh, going into the final round, Eric has 70 and Micah has 30. Yes, with his vast knowledge of Pretty Pretty Princess <laughs> is what put him into the lockout mode. I thought of writing because I was going to write a question for you guys because I thought of that game the other day when I was listening. I'm like, no one's asked a Pretty Pretty Princess question yet. So, um, And now there it is. <laughs> That's perfect. Wow. Eric, as you are in the lead, what category do you want to take to this final round? Let's do sports. Okay. And the decade will be the 60s. Okay. And, Micah, what category would you like to take? 
I'll do I'll do slang. Do slang, okay. Mm. And the decade will be the nineties. Okay. Ba- put your wagers in based on nineties slang and sixties sports. And remember, Eric, you could have another really high score here. It's totally possible. <laughs> what were the date years again? Uh, it is the sixties sports, and we are doing nineties slang. Okay. All right, I'm good. All right, we're good. Okay. We're going to start off in our 90s slang category. We got a question from Ian Schultze. Thank you, Ian. And that's also kind of nice that this one's out because he is in the tournament, and so I don't have to worry about him getting his own question. All right. In the late 90s, this pastry-related slang term refers to a female entertainer who was more popular due to her looks than her musical ability. And our 60s sports question. Coached by Don Haskins, Texas Western won the 1966 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. But this was not any regular championship. In the final, Texas Western's all-black starting five faced off against what SEC team's all-white starting five? Texas Western's victory broke down racial barriers and was dramatized in the 2006 film Glory Road. All right. Uh, While our contestants are thinking about the answers... I just want to let you guys know, make sure you guys check out, uh, I'm just going to plug our own show. Check out Blast From Our Past. It's a uh, fantastic show. John and I do all things type of nostalgia based. We do film and TV reviews. We do top tens. We do album reviews. All that good stuff that you remember, especially like Pretty Pretty Princess. We're totally doing that one. I think we'll probably have Eric on uh, for that one. We're going to do a live replaying of Pretty Pretty Princess altogether. Oh, that's news to me. <laughs> Quite good at that game. I'm not gonna lie. I've worn the crown many times. Um, All right. Do you guys need any of those questions reread? Uh, could you reread the slang one, please? I can. In the late 90s, this pastry related slang term refers to a female entertainer who is more popular due to her looks than her musical ability. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. All right, and Eric is good as well. All right, we are going to uh, get things started off with Micah. Micah, what were your answers to our 60 sports and our 90 slang? Uh, for 90 slang, I, I honestly have no guess. Like, I just cannot get there. I, it'll, it'll kick me. I'll kick myself when I hear the answer because I feel like I'm partway there, but I just can't put anything down. And then sports, like I said, I'm terrible at college sports, uh, so I just guessed Arkansas. I don't even know what the SEC is or what it stands for. Okay. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I should mention I played Division Two college basketball. I have no idea. <laughs> outside of outside of the of Duke versus UNLV, I don't know anything about college basketball. <laughs> okay. All right. And Eric, what were your answers to our '60s sports and our '90s slang questions? So sports, I have. I'm pretty sure it's Kentucky, but old sports isn't my favorite things. But I, I Kentucky seemed right. Um, and for 90 slang, I had no idea. So I'm just going to give a shout out to my favorite uh, little Debbie snack that is discontinued. You can't find it anymore anywhere. Um, and go with Marshmallow Supreme. <laughs> okay, Marshmallow Supreme. All right. Well, the 60s sports team, the uh, SEC team uh, that had an all white team going up against uh, Texas Western's all black team. Uh, when you think SEC and you think basketball, there's really only one school. And that is, well, I guess there's a couple, but the big one is Kentucky. So, yes, it is Kentucky. But 
Uh, Micah, you did answer an SEC team, so they. Hey, all right, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no points awarded. <laughs> <laughs> and for the '90s slang term, uh, John, I'm going to give you a shot at this one. Do you know this one? I don't. You have these in your house right now. Ugh. Well, you prefer the brown sugar version uh, compared to oh, any of the fruit versions. A pop tart. It's a pop tart. Oh. Pop tart is the slang term for a. Uh, I was going to say ho ho, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right so neither of our contestants get getting both correct which means they'll be losing their wagers uh let's find out what those wagers were to uh get ultimately our final scores uh well we'll start off with micah micah what was your wager uh, i wrote down zero and, and and underneath i wrote i'm keeping my 30 points thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> right uh you can take those home with you do with them as you please they All are right. yours uh in perpetuity and eric what did you wager i i wagered a whole and now that i think about it it's a convenient one um <laughs> yes for yes home. which leaves us with some fantastic scores john would you let us know all right, with a final score of 69 giggity, 230, Eric is the winner. Woo, congrats, Eric. Nicely done, nicely done. We had some real tough ones, um, but I will forever remember your love of Pretty Pretty Princess. That's that's the takeaway for me for this episode. It's, it's the takeaway for me every day I wake up, so... <laughs> Well, Eric, you are going to have another chance to keep playing in our tournament, so you can talk later. Micah, thank you so much for joining us, and is there anything you want to bring up or want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I just want to shout out my wife and my kids, uh, Leah, Adelaide, and Willa, and just say thank you very much for letting me do this this morning. As a, kid, as a father of two kids, there's not a lot of free time uh, these days to do what I want to do, and this is something I've been wanted to do ever since I found out you were having the tournament. And then also I just want to say... Uh, since Eric got 200 last time and he only got 69 this time, I am the best defensive uh, trivia player that this podcast has ever seen. I am fantastic. I concur. Yeah, there you go. I love it. All right. Well, Eric, we will hear from you again when you take on Jody Steele, uh, who did oh. uh, pretty darn well in our last tournament, and she's overall a very solid trivia player. So uh, best of luck to you on that one. Going down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. All right. And for John, I'm Adam. And this was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwback trivia takedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head -head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey -o. And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal mm. is a joke. <laughs>